Welcome, welcome everyone. Welcome to Spiritual Milk, a podcast dedicated to nourish and ignite your walk with Christ. I am your co-host, Nicole, accompanied by the great Devon Carter. We are so blessed to be able to speak to you today um, around the topic of sin and iniquity and all the jazz that comes in between. Some beautiful jazz. It's some beautiful music, really. Um, hello, it's a beautiful day in the kingdom as well. Um, as some jazz that we're about to get into, some, um, I would say, air quote, bad words, if you will, sin, iniquity. Some people are like, what isn't an iniquity anyway? Well, folks, we're about to get into that. Don't worry, we got you on this walk. Like we mentioned, we're here to help, support, and nourish wherever you are, whatever dimension that is, whether it's, it's new to Christ, lukewarm, or mature. But uh, let's get into it. Um, Nicole, let's talk about sin. Sin. <laughs> let's talk about sin. I think that's let's one. Let's talk about sin. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about sin, baby. Let's talk about you and me. <laughs> let's talk about all of us. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, so sin, you know, um, it's a, it's a word that many people cringe to. Uh, I think in my in my view, it's it's like a word that has been used so much to condemn and to manipulate and to just really, it was, I feel like it's been used in such ill-intended ways that it completely took away the actual meaning behind it. Um, and me a year ago would have been like sin, cringe, no, like there's just shadow aspects of us that I just need to integrate and love and all of this because I saw sin as a reason to be condemned or as an excuse to be condemned or judged or um, be treated uh, unfairly because of it. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, with my new eyes, it's a complete different thing. So before we get into really what sin is in the different components of sin. I shared a little bit about what it was like in my eyes. What was it like for you, Devon? Sin, you know, a year ago, it was just the vibes were off. You know, it's like, I'm not sinning, the vibes were off. (laughs) And uh, with that whole sin ideology, there was just straight condemnation. You were doing the worst of the worst. You know, if you say, you know, you've sinned against, you know, that carries weight. It's not something that you would say lightly. And I believe that's why it's been such a, you know, I used the word air quote bad earlier. I would also say air quote taboo. You know, mm-hmm. that's just not a word that is said frequently or said often uh, because it's lost translation and its meaning. Even one thing I noticed is like if I type sin on my iPhone keyboard, it changes it to sun. So even the keyboard's like, no, we can't talk about this. You know, and Apple says no, (laughs) they don't want you to know what sin is. And um, (laughs) just, yeah, again, that condemnation that you're doing a big, bad taboo thing and being in the new age space a year ago, you know, that was more of, okay, what do I need to integrate to not 
again, sin. That's like I, I did something that was out of the woodwork, out of the frameworks of things. That it just it framed not only my mind but my position of how I was living life. Mm-hmm. And coming to Christ, it showed that wow, I was in that sin sauce. I was in sin city, basically. <laughs> sin city dressed as light, yeah. Dressed as light, right? Dressed as love and light and fairies and stardust, you know, and <laughs> what a world. Um that again it was it, it was putting on the blinders for sure. Yeah. It was putting on the blinders and until learning what sin actually means. And Nicole, if I can just put a simple definition to what sin means mm-hmm. it simply means to fail and i think if we were to open our ears spiritually and want to listen to know like okay what does it mean to fail you know it's like okay i sin against you that means i failed you and um throughout the bible sin's been used as just that what that word means not a big framework a huge condemnation against yourself god and whomever but a simple word that means sin that means to fail Mm -hmm. and it goes a lot deeper when we do sin against people or we sin against god you know with the conduct of ourselves and our behavior and then even our mindsets you know is can be sinful in nature meaning that if you're going to think like this this is a failure mindset you are destined to fail by thinking of this, that, or the third. And that's where sin starts to come in. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't thought about it that way. Um, failure. And, you know, you know, failure is part of life. Um, and, you know, we can dress it up on nicely. And it's like when you fail, you learn. And that's exactly it. When you fail, you learn. For me, how I was able to see sin is the moment or the occurrence where you disconnect yourself from God, where you put yourself in a position to where you are not as receptive to God's word, to God's guidance. Um, For me, that's what sin was. And you see, the whole fail thing, I can totally see it because you got to recognize that you failed to be able to redeem it or to be able to repent to return back to to what is right to what is righteous to what is light and you know that for me it's like for yeah sin for me is the occurrence or the circumstance that happens after an action or from an action that disconnects us from god you know there there is a moral law that each human being has we know that it's not okay to kill. We know that it's not okay to hurt others. We know that it's not okay to take away what belongs to someone else. That stuff that's just, it's not conditioned. That's just a moral law that we as human beings have within our hearts. And even before, if you want to speak of laws, the Ten Commandments came to kind of create like that frame of what not to do so you don't sin, so you're not remaining in sin or in disconnect from God. But even before that, you already knew what sin was. The the original sin was to fail God or to not follow God's word by eating the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. 
you know, that was the first, first, very first number one sin that tainted our humanity, that tainted our our bloodlines. And that was, there's already like the disobedience from God. And then from that, it led to, you know, all the awful things that happened from that shame, jealousy, um, killing between families, all and all that, all the quote unquote bad parts that we have as human beings that come from just this long line of transgressions and just darkness that we have engaged in and continue to sometimes be driven by. So for me, it's that's what sin is: is there's an act that leads to a state for me to be disconnected and no longer be receptive to God's glory in my life. I disrupt that connection. I I kind of shut it down. I stepped away from Christ. Um, and for me, that's completely different than just saying you're just a bad fruit. You, I condemn you and all that stuff. Like that, that's just a complete different way of understanding what sin is. So, yeah. Right there, you know, you struck a chord because it's the streamlined, bloodlined, generational sin that we all have within our DNA. We can't do anything about it. You are born into sin. You know, that, that's cringe. just it. It's cringe, right? I know. No one dun, wants dun, to hear dun. that. You know, no like you are born that. day one, out the womb, fresh off the oven, you're born into sin. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wow, what can one do about that? How can I do that? Well, or what can I do about it? And I'm going to let you know there is good news. And the Amen. good news is the gospel. Because Jesus had died for all, all of our sins. Not just the people of that time period. People who came from that moment onward. Because this is the, an, an eternal plan for from an eternal God. God is everlasting. His mercy is from everlasting to everlasting as well. And because of this code of death this code of sin basically that we're all born with we do have the invitation to become less of that you know we as human beings we are we're always going to be sins described as a uh, beast of deception throughout the bible as well that's a personification that uses this beast that's kind of lurking and waiting to devour you devour your soul you know, and break you down mm-hmm. uh, when you get into a simple nature, you know, whether your thoughts, whether your actions, you know, as a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. Mm-hmm. So where we get in a rut is feeling that our, my hands are up. There's nothing I can do about this whole sin thing. Again, that's what the whole gospel is all about. That's what Jesus is all about, where he died for our sins. And he stretched his hand out and said, hey. Follow me. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the light. I will get you into this position where, you know, Jesus lived a blameless, sinless life from birth till he died on the cross and then resurrected. So here's this man who did what was basically impossible to some, you know, in your mindset. like, how can I do that? And he's letting you know you can do that and more. And uh, that's the thing about sin. It Jesus broke that. He broke the human condition, if you will. He broke what it meant to be human. 
as we transcend what we think as human beings, as these dust creatures, as these just things that were made of the earth, that we aren't just that. It doesn't stop there. It actually begins with our spirit. And that's the biggest thing. You know, as we're on this in, in this walk with Christ, it is to be led by our spirit because that's what the Holy Spirit is going to teach. That's where they're going to teach. That's that's the whole ideology. It's like you're not hearing things just in your mind. You're not hearing things just in your heart. It's going into your spirit, which will funnel down into your soul, into your heart, into your mind. So when we get our spirits right, we're right with God. And then that's where we start living right. That's when we start being good. Because as humans, we have all types of conceptions of good and evil. But yeah. when we surrender and think and not think, but allow ourselves to turn over to God's idea of what good and evil is, what was sinful at one point, you will find yourself, and I will testify on this, that you don't embark on what on things that, that were sinful, going against God, failing God. And why I say it's failing God is because God is 100% of 100% of 100%. The man doesn't fail. He has never failed. You know, if it's, I have this funny thought in my head. If you think of somebody who could make like 10 million threes in basketball in a row, oh, that's okay. God. In a row, that's God. You know, 10 million threes, just shooting it up like it's nothing. Eyes closed, going backwards under his legs. He's going to hit the shot 10 million times out of 10 million times. Mm -hmm. He doesn't fail. So when you step out of that arena and you don't let him coach you on trying to shoot, you're gonna fail, but that's but the but the beauty of it is, is God has forgiven us of our sins through Jesus. He knows that we're gonna fall, we're gonna falter, but when we step into and remain in Him, we rise in strength and might and courage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 and and that's that's the thing. It's um, you know, with with sin. It's not like, oh, I'm forgiven for my sins, so I'm just going to keep doing the hood rat. Hood rat. <laughs> hood rat stuff that I used to, you know, that I do. And now I'm just saved and I just get to praise him every Sunday. And it's like, it's really not that at all. And I think that's what would give me such a bad taste in my mouth about my lens in the, in the Christian religion. And, you know, you and I both agree that this is beyond a religion. This is more of a connection and a walk with um, the God of the universe spiritual over walk. everything else. Yes. A spiritual walk. And, but you know, you would see the, the Christians who'd be like, Oh yes, I love Jesus and all that stuff, but then not do, do the sinful acts that we all know that are sinful, but we're not claiming Jesus. That was like me a year ago. And it's because of that very same thing. It's like, Oh, since I'm forgiven for my sins, then my sins are, you know, forgiven. And I get to just enjoy life. God wants me to enjoy life. God wants me to live my life. And then you get into that. You only live once lifestyle and stuff. And I go to church on Sunday and it's like, I, I, I hope I'm, it's okay for me to speak on your behalf, Devon, but I, I believe you and I are both a stand of a no to that. We are a stand of a walk with Christ, meaning that we are liberated from our sins. To be forgiven, to be for, the, the concept of forgiveness is to be freed, 
to release, to release grudges, to release chains, to release bondages that you may have against someone else. And in that process, you're freeing yourself. So when you are forgiven for your sins by our Lord and Savior, you are freed from the, from the act. What he's asking for you is to come into him come into his body, come into his path. So then he and the Holy, through the Holy Spirit can transform you. I've been doing transformational work for a few years now, and I can go ahead and tell you there's no transformation like the transformation that Jesus Christ does in your life. You can, you can do all the self-help, you can do all the self-actualization, you can do all the right things. And yes, you will find levels of growth in, in your scaling and it's really exciting, but there's always going to be those little things that are going to be picking at you and that are going to feel heavy and that you're going to be falling for over and over again. And, you know, at that point, you're just like, oh, okay, I guess I'm just stuck with it. And I'm here to boldly say that through Christ, you are liberated from those things fully and truly. And the only way to maintain yourself free is to keep growing, but in him. And there's, he is just so exciting and there's so much content to know of him. It's everlasting. You are never going to hit a top when it comes to walk with Christ. He's going to continue to reveal more and more about his way in your life. But it is a, it is a two it, it it is a two way street. It is a relationship. That's why it is a relationship because it does take you to be willing to walk with him, for him to really be able to transform you and mold you into the perfect image that he has for you specifically. I love that so much. You got me excited. That's a great segue into iniquity. But I have one thought that I'd like to share with everybody. Jesus lived 30 years before he received the Holy Spirit, meaning that he was being perfected for 30 years as not just God in the flesh, not as just not word in the flesh, but as a man. He was a man through and through. He was a human. Mm -hmm. And he, as a human, lived blameless for technically 33 years. But if we just look at his first 30 years, no sin, no iniquity, no transgressions, because he knew from the very get-go that he had to be about his father's business. And you hear that, you're like, okay, he just kind of knew that he had to die on the cross. It's way, 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 way beyond that. He knew that he was here to not only ruffle feathers, but to share the truth, to share the way, to share the light that everybody needed and was after. You know, you talk about in your transformational work with people where they're scaling and they're feeling great and they're seeing growth. And all this other stuff, there's just this lack of something. You're thirsty for something. You're hungry for something. And Jesus comes and says, I am a everlasting spring. Mm -hmm. What you will eat, you will never hunger because the bread that I give you is everlasting. Amen. And I'm not sure if anyone knows what everlasting means, but that means forever, forever, ever, forever, ever. <laughs> and a couple more evas, you know, it's uh -huh. not going to run out. It's not going to run dry. And on this life, you know, we find ourselves in iniquity. And what that is, is crooked behavior. Iniquity is defilement that sin produces. It's a distortion mm -hmm. of what, you know, it's the uh, byproduct, if you will, mm -hmm. of what sin is. It's like, okay, if I'm thinking of stealing this mm, and you actually do, you're now stepped into, you know, if you want to see. Uh, sin and iniquity as a pair of shoes. You got one foot on called sin, 
one shoe on the other foot called iniquity, and now you got a pair of oh snap, <laughs> mm-hmm. you're 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 in some sauce that you should not be in, and um, that's a part of our growth. That's a part of the human condition. But what is beautiful in this walk in Christ, in this deepening relationship, this intimate relationship as well. You know, there is trust that is built. There is communication. There is understanding. There is wisdom. He know he already knows. He knows you in and out. He knows every single thought, mm-hmm. every thought. And he says, as much as I know you, you can know me as well. You can know my thoughts. You can know my heart. You can know my mind. I want to share that with you. It's a true intertwining of spirits mm-hmm. where his spirit and your spirit are just one. And through that, we come to what repentance is as well. I'll bridge, I'll bridge that in. And repentance is a change of mind. So as you are stepping into sin, as you stepped into iniquity, and you realize, you know, just kind of deep down, something's irking you. Something's not right. Something's not sitting right. That's your spirit knocking on the door of your soul. Like, hey, bro. Gotta get back. We gotta. Something's not sitting right here. Abort abort mission. Abort mission. (laughs) Ejecto Cito. I know you thought that partying all night was going to be fun and it was, but now we feel like caca, like we are like way low, like there's not something right here. And that's, that's what it is, is that with sin, it's like, it's, it's unsustainable pleasure almost in a sense. Like there's something that we get out of it, but it's never sustained. It's never sustained. And that's why it's just, you know, and the number one sin, it's pride. And what does pride mean, in my opinion? What does pride mean? It means that you choose you instead of choosing God. His first commandment through the Ten Commandments and through Jesus that God says was love me first. Because when you love me first and you choose me first, everything else will be taken care of you. Not because I'm just some petty God, but because I know what's good for you. And I'll be able to work through you when you are fully in love with me. So focus on that first and foremost. And I promise you, I will transform you. I will give you my heart. I will give you my mind. I know exactly what you need. I know exactly what you're ready to receive. There's nothing I'm expecting of you outside of your love for me first. And then from that space, being able to share that love with others. That's all he's asking for. We don't have to figure out what it's going to look like. It's have that set first. And we're going to be good to go. And to love God, it means to love God more than yourself, to love God more than your family, to love God more than your finances, to love God more than your business. And that's why it's so important because if, if there are some parts where we look at it and it's like, oh, maybe I don't love, like there's, and you, you've got to be honest with yourself. This is, this is it. You've got to be honest with yourself, sit and, and reflect on it. And it's okay if it's not, if it's not where you're at right now. But if you see areas in your life where you feel like you're choosing that area over God, then that is where who's not God is going to use against you to deter you to get further and further away from God by causing you to make more and more sin against them. It's it's really, that's kind of like how the energies of it all works in my eyes and how I've been able to see it and the, how I was able to just see the different, like the spectrum of good and evil and it, it, it's, it, it really, we, we give space and opportunity 
to be taken away from our purpose with God when we have areas in our life that we choose over ourselves and over him. Heavy, heavy in a great way. What you just said, um, what just hit my spirit right now is thinking of what iniquity is and crooked behavior. And the kingdom of heaven has been equated to a vineyard, has been equated to a garden. It's also equated to a tree, you know, and the roots go deep. They go so deep and it's just the mightiest tree. And one thing about crooked behavior is even if the tree is crooked, it still has roots. It's still in the ground. It's just not upright. So when Jesus came here, he came as an upright person. He came as an upright spirit. He came as an upright soul Mm -hmm. to show us that we too can be upright. And for me and my personal experience, because if I just equate life to just the tree, you know, to a tree, you know, we go through different seasons. We have leaves. We don't. We're a little more barren than others. We're flourishing. Sometimes it's, it's all types of things. Right. And in this tree that we are, Jesus comes and helps us become upright. He's like a, he's like a tree doctor. He's, he's the arbor doctor, as I call him, where, you know, he helped trim branches that were actually poisonous to the tree. They, they weren't right. They were looking very crooked and causing just the frame of the tree to not be right. And it took some time. It took some patience. It took a lot of trust and a lot of love. But he is faithful and he gets it done. So even if you are rooted somewhere and you are a bent tree, you don't think you can be upright. Jesus says, no, it's a simple no. Follow me. I am the way, the truth and the life. I will make you upright. That is why he came when he died for our sins. He also died for our iniquities. Mm-hmm. You know, when he died for where we failed, he will succeed. Where we where we were crooked, he will make us upright. Mm-hmm. And one thing is um, about transgressions. You know, transgressions is breaking trust against God, rules, conduct of behavior. So when you transgress, uh, the word trespass comes from that word as well. It's like if I trespass on somebody's property, I'm taking a, okay, I know this belongs to somebody else, but I'm going to still step foot over a line that I know I shouldn't cross, but I crossed over it. That's where transgressions comes in because it is a part of this multi-layer umbrella of sin with you know iniquity and then transgressions upon it as well. And so when we break trust against God, we are in this dimension of sin because there is, again, just that framework where, okay, you are to go from here to here. And we said, I'm going to go from there to there. And he's like, no, (laughs) that's not what we talked about here. (laughs) And uh, I just love how Jesus comes in and just breaks down what the human condition is to raise us and elevate us in spirit. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, (laughs) I, something that just like completely blew, blew, blew my mind is what I realized what to be cleaned or washed with the blood of Jesus really means going back into the lineage and the bloodlines and, you know, from the original sin, um, the trauma that got 
that was created through the different forms of sin that has been passed and that has bounded our our family lines. Uh, I realized that to be cleaned with Jesus' blood is because his blood is not like any others. So when you, so that's why it's like, I don't, for people to understand what he died for our sins really means is that he was that perfect lamb, like we spoke in that last, in that one episode of the lamb, and that he took on all of our sin, all of our generational curses, all of our generational trauma, all of our generational iniquity. He put it on him symbolically. There is symbolism in every single thing. He took shame. He took hurt. He took everything. He took he took abuse. He took all the things that really corrupts humanity on his perfect body, on his perfect being, took it all for us and then died for us, died because of it, because that is what we deserved for tainting the beautiful design that God had placed in us in the first place. And that's what's so important. It's like, he didn't have to die for our sins. And I'm talking to a previous version of Nicole. And it's like, no, but he did. And that was the only absolute way that humanity can be saved. Humanity cannot be saved by our ruler that is just being the best person that he can be. Because at the end of the day, if he's not in Christ, if he's not going through that spiritual cleansing transformation and sanctification of rep- that goes that starts with repentance, his bloodline, her bloodline is still going to be tainted. And that's just the way that's that is the way it is. And when we finally understand that how important it is and when this when we say the world needs Jesus, it's not just to put some label on it or to it's because there's actual spiritual processes and in laws that are being met when Jesus comes into the picture as the true king that he is because he is the king who came down to be a servant and then to die for his people tell me one king that's that does that now tell me one human that's willing to do that now without corruption and without all the other things that come with with that type of leadership there's none like him so really understanding what dying for our sins and why salvation is is so needed why we do need a savior why we look at superheroes superheroes why when we're kids we 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 write who is my hero because in our innate being we know that we need to be saved we know that we have been broken from from god and it's nothing that he did but everything that we did and speaking of symbolism you know Blood itself is very symbolic because that is life. Blood is life. You know, you are a being because you have blood in you. If you didn't, we need to talk. <laughs> we need to talk, you know. Um, and because being washed in the blood of Christ, being washed in the life of Christ. I'll just swap that word for a second and just stay with me here. If we're being washed in his life, we are being made new. Mm-hmm. And it goes deeper than just what what is life? It's not this this thing, this construct that they would want you to believe. It goes beyond that. It goes beyond the mundane. 
It goes beyond what you perceive it to be because there is an eternal purpose. There is an eternal purpose from an eternal God set upon your life. Each and every one of you has a purpose here on this life. There is a reason why there is breath in your lungs right now. There's a reason why you woke up today. What that purpose is, I don't know. God knows. He knows. There are people here who can help you uncover some truths. But until you're sitting down and you're sitting with him so that he can remain in you and allow the Holy Spirit to teach and to translate into your spirit why you are here. Because you're here for a very specific reason. Because we have received this new life from his blood. We have received this new thing mm -hmm. as we are reborn, essentially, through water and spirit, as the scripture will say. Mm -hmm. And that's just what I love about being in this walk with him, this spiritual walk with him, the spiritual relationship, the spiritual intimacy. You know, it's like, Jesus, I want you by me. I want you with me. I want you in me every which way. Consume my life. I give myself unto you. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, soulfully, everything. Mm -hmm. And for me, that took a lot to get to a space where I can just even say that comfortably mm -hmm. because I wasn't talking to anybody else. I was talking to myself. There is such a resistant nature because I am stubborn. <laughs> I have Many a stubborn nature, you know, and um, he's been working on me about that. Yeah. And, <laughs> and by the grace of God, it's allowed me to not only reflect on myself, how even someone of self-proclaimed stubborn guy could just be made soft and with him. But he makes you mighty. He softens your heart. Doesn't mean you're going to be taken advantage of. People are like, oh, I got a soft heart. No, 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 no. Soft heart as a person, sure. But soft heart in Christ, definitely not. Mm -hmm. Definitely not. You are actually strong. You're actually mighty. And... It just changes dimensions when you are sitting in that walk with him. Yeah. 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 The, the life and death aspect has a whole thing. And, you know, I know that you and I both want to incorporate, you know, some inspiring scriptures for today and for this podcast. And th there was a point in my life where I was like, we really need to embrace being human. And I think that's still very important just to, for us to recognize there's God said you're not you're in this world, but you're not of it. You're still going to be a human. You're still going to have to take actions. You still have to go and do the very 3D things that you have to do to, you know, take care of yourself and sustain yourself and all that stuff. Like you all need to do that. We all need to do that. But um, he also is also very specific about dying to our humanness. And there's a death that needs to be taking place to be able to there to be life. And what's going to death is, again, is that sin because we are going, he already died for it. So when we are in him, our sins died with him. When we stay in him, our sins are dead to us. Staying in him is the is the is the humanly thing that we kind of have to like stay committed to, um, to choose him every single day. Literally, it's an exercise. And at least it is for me so far. Um, I, I don't want to be foolish to say that at some point it will be second nature um, because I want to remain humble to that. So for now, for me, it's a daily, daily, daily positioning that I have to set myself in. And for me, uh, Colossians 3, 5, uh, put to death, therefore, whatever in you is earthly, 
fornication, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which is which is idolatry. And what is idolatry is again going back into is there something that I'm I'm, I'm putting on a pedestal above myself or above God and above God. Um because that's when that's when they the the temptations will come in. That's when the voices will come in and try to use that whatever it's represented by, whether it's money, whether it's validation from others, whether it's, you know, social status, whatever it is, that's what's going to, the enemy's going to use to kind of keep us further and further away from him. So again, it's the, 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 the thing is, like you said, the defilement that comes from sin, the iniquity that comes from sin that keeps us disconnected from from listening to him and from allowing ourselves to really be worked through him. Um, so yeah, that was the one. It's like just earthly desires, let put them to death because in me, because they're not sustainable. Fornication is not sustainable. Multiple partners, they're not sustainable. Greed is not sustainable. It, it, it's just not, but life in him is everlasting and eternal. And we get, we get to make a choice. That's the beautiful thing because he's a, he's a loving God, an unconditional God who gives us the choice and we get to choose whether to have that everlasting, sustainable life in him every day mm-hmm. or not. Yeah. And on the days that we wish that we would have and then we don't, you know, that, that's when deep, heartfelt, soul-felt repentance comes to place. Going back to changing the mind, going back to running back to dad's that's or your caretaker's arm saying, I'm so sorry for, for thinking that whatever was out there was better than whatever is in you. Yeah. Um, I don't know an easy way to say this. You have to die daily. Mm-hmm. It's just really that simple. And I don't mean to sound morbid or extreme, but to be with Christ, he says, you, he who loses his life for me will gain everlasting life. Mm-hmm. You can't have two lives. The Bible says you can't serve two masters. Mm-hmm. It just does not work that way. It's either this way or not this way. It, w- w- the choice is yours. That's another thing. There is a choice. But to receive this everlasting life and glory and sustainability that does not run dry, you have to die daily and you have to take up your cross daily as well. Mm-hmm. Our time with God, that's been huge you know that's a daily part of just the devotion discipline and dedication not only for yourself but to him first and foremost is to him but the byproduct of that is wow as i'm spending time with my heavenly father there are bits of myself that are falling off and i have new skin i have new muscles i have new life i have new hair oh my gosh i never saw myself like this before Mm-hmm. Wow, I I am am I really this beautiful? Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, Jesus! Who would have known? And he's just sitting there looking down like I knew. Mm-hmm. I always, you know, and that's how I al- <laughs> that's how I always saw you. A prayer I used to do before I even came into Christ was like, and this was a prayer that was given to me by my sister. I was like, God, help me see myself the way that you see me. And I am, like you said, I am starting to, I thought I saw myself, like so much self-actualization, self-love, like I was in a great space, but compared to to where I am now, there's no, there's actually no, there's no comparison. It's, 
there's no comparison. Yeah, yeah. And I love how you said that um, because the scripture that I want to read was an exercise uh, given to me. And it's Psalms 103. It's a psalm by David, a psalm of David, it actually reads. And the exercise that this is, is to read this psalm three times a day. And to meditate on the words and the intention of this exercise is to see how God sees you. To mm. see how God sees you. And throughout this psalm, it's absolutely beautiful. I'm going to do my best to not get emotional as I read it because it, it just gets me not only a soul soulish feeling, but it just sits in my spirit so well. And I strongly encourage and urge you to read this psalm three times a day, meditate on the words. And as part of your prayer, say, Father, I want, I want to see how you see me through your eyes. And that's what the whole framework of this psalm is. But I'm just going to focus on a couple of scriptures. I'm going to start at uh, verse number 10. I'm going to start with 10 through 12. And then after I'm going to do 17 through 18. So starting at. Uh, with Psalms 103, verse 10. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him, and his righteousness unto children's children, to such as keep his covenant, and to those that remember his commandments due to them. What I love about that is it just talks about this sin, this iniquity, this transgression that we touched upon in this episode, that he has forgiven you for that. He has mercy of that he knows mm -hmm. about it and his mercy is from everlasting to everlasting and he sees you as his child and as a child he's going to correct you as his father excuse me as your father he's going to correct you he's going to reprove you he's going to do what he can in a loving way to make sure that you are right and you are just so that you know you don't fail you're not in a crooked state and you're not going against his trust or anybody else's trust as well. And that's just the whole framework. And again, I just urge everyone to read this scripture three times a day. It's been life-changing for me these past almost four weeks now that I've been reading it and it's, it's changed everything. Lovely. Lovely. So think that's a great great point to close out um we hope that this gave insight that this brought curiosity that this brought uh points of conversation that you can take to um to your church or to your pastor to any spiritual leader uh we would love to hear from you and i yeah i invite you all like you like devon said to do this exercise maybe give it you know test it out for for a week or for five days and then let us know uh, let us know the results of it in your life uh, we would love to hear I pray that um, you are blessed today that you are blessed today and every single day and that you get to just reflect and have moments of reflection where you get to come back to the one who loved you first <laughs>